Our subject today is life lessons from Peter's denial and Jesus' trial. This is message number six in our series leading up to Easter, the series which I've called Days Before the Cross and the Resurrection. So I'd like to ask you please to turn in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 22, beginning at verse 54. Luke 22. Just before we come to verse 54, we find that Jesus is betrayed by Judas and our Lord is arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane. Let's read verse 54 and 5 and then think upon our first very important lesson. Verse 54 says, So they arrested him, that is Jesus, and led him to the high priest's home. And Peter followed at a distance. The guards lit a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat around it, and Peter joined them there. Peter joined them there. My friends, I want you to think about the first lesson we, we discover here that really hits me hard, and it is this. Number one, we need to ask ourselves, how closely am I following Jesus? You can see in verse 54 there where it says, they arrested him and led him to the high priest's home, and Peter followed at a distance. Every time I read those words, for years, every time I read those words, they hit me hard. I don't know how they hit you, but they hit me hard. I understand that the statement is basically saying that, that Peter kept his physical distance from the arresting party so that hopefully they wouldn't also arrest him. On the, on the one hand, I, I want to sincerely commend Peter. Are you with me now? I want to commend Peter for the fact that at least Peter was trying to see where they were taking Jesus and what they were going to do with him and to him. We, we don't really know what the other disciples were doing after they deserted Jesus, but at least here we get a glimpse of what Peter is doing. Peter was at least trying to have some idea as to what was happening with our Lord. I hope you also feel like commending Peter, do you? We should commend him for that, shouldn't we? At the same time, earlier that evening, earlier that evening in Luke 22, verse 33, we read these words. Peter said to Jesus, Peter said, Lord, I am ready to go to prison with you and even to die with you. That's what Peter said to Jesus. When, when you know, when you know that that is, is uh, what Peter had said just a few hours earlier, and then you read, and Peter followed at a distance, in, in some ways those words cause me to want to weep. You see what I'm saying? I think of what Peter said just a few hours earlier. Lord, I am, I am ready to go to prison with you and even to die with you. And now the verse says, and Peter followed 
at a distance causes me to weep. I feel like saying to him, Peter, you said, Lord, I am ready to go to prison with you and even to die with you, and now you are following at a distance. Peter, why aren't you? Why aren't you, Peter, right beside Jesus? Peter, why aren't you? Why aren't you saying to those who arrested Jesus, where he goes, I go? Guys, where Jesus is going, I'm going. That's basically what Peter had said to Jesus earlier. My friends, let those words sink deep into your heart. And Peter followed at a distance. Ask yourself, ask yourself, how closely, how closely am I following Jesus? Ask yourself that soul-searching question. How closely, how closely am I following? How closely are you following Jesus? Maybe, maybe the desire of your heart and mine could be summarized. I hope it could be summarized in the words of the hymn, Near, Still Near, where the hymn writer says, Near, still near, close to thy heart. Draw me, my Savior, so precious thou art. Fold me, oh, fold me close to thy breast. Shelter me safe in that haven of rest. Shelter me safe in that haven of rest. And another verse says, Near, still near, Lord, to be thine, Sin with its follies I gladly resign. All of its pleasures, pomp, and its pride. Give me but Jesus, the Lord crucified. Give me but Jesus, my Lord crucified. And the last verse says, near, still near, while life shall last. Till safe in glory my anchor is cast. Through endless ages ever to be near my Savior, still near to thee. Near my Savior, still nearer to thee. May that be the desire of your heart and mine. Amen. And I hope, I hope that you have. I hope all of us here have a real desire to get closer and closer to Jesus spiritually speaking, and in our relationship. And I say that, I hope that that is our desire because um, sometimes, so, sometimes people don't have that desire, you know? Sometimes it just isn't there. And uh, sometimes even when one get really close to family members, sometimes a family member might not want to get super close to you either. I, I was just remembering how last summer, last summer um, I was putting our little grandson to sleep to bed, and he was, what, three years old at the time, and, and um, his mom, my daughter, his mom said uh, he could watch one of his little... Cartoon. I guess it was a cartoon program. So I was, I was laying, I was laying there with him, 
watching the little program before, before I ultimately put him to sleep. And he was just a, a couple feet away from me. And so I said to him, I said, Yanni, Yanni, come on closer to Papa. Come on closer. And so he started to move closer, and then I, I pulled him right over to me. You know, I, I just pull, pulled him right over and, and had, had, him, had his head on my shoulder. And then the little guy says, Papa, not so close, please. Not so close, Papa. <laughs> you know? He wanted his space. It was a little reminder to me that uh, whether it's little children or people, sometimes, sometimes that closeness that we seek might vary with uh, different people, right? Anyway, here's the second lesson that we learn, life lesson from Peter's denial, and it is this, my friends. The second lesson is this. Read it from the big screen with me. In tough situations... Are we willing to boldly confess our faith and trust in Jesus Christ? This question came to my mind as I read verses 55 and beyond. Look at 55 and beyond here. Here it is. It says, The guards lit a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat around it, and Peter joined them there. A servant girl noticed him in the firelight and began staring at him. Finally, she said, this man was one of Jesus' followers. But Peter denied it. Woman, he said, I don't even know him. After a while, someone else looked at him and said, you must be one of them. No, man, I'm not, Peter retorted. Verse 59, about an hour later, someone else insisted, this must be one of them because he is a Galilean too. But Peter said, man, I don't know what you are talking about. And immediately while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. At that moment, the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Suddenly the Lord's words, suddenly the Lord's words flashed through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny three times that you even know me. And Peter left the courtyard weeping bitterly. What do we see? What do we see in those verses there, my friends? What do we see? We see that Peter was not willing to confess his faith and trust in Jesus the Christ. He was not willing to say, yes, I am. I have been and I am a follower of Jesus. And this is in sharp contrast to what Peter had said earlier. If we look at, for example, don't turn to it, but Matthew's Gospel, chapter 26, verse 33, it says, Peter declared, even if everyone else deserts you, I will never desert you. Right? And Matthew 26, verse 35 says, Peter insisted, even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. And that's what Peter had said. But now we read in verses 55 to 60 what we, what we just read, where he says, I, 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 didn't, I don't even know him. What are you talking about? I, I don't know him. I'm not one of his. I'm not one of his. his. I, um, I kind of feel very sorry for Peter when we get to verse 61. When we get to verse 61, I, I, I do feel sorry for him because verse 61 says, 
At that moment, the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Jesus looked at Peter, and suddenly, suddenly, the Lord's words flashed through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny three times that you even know me. And Peter left the courtyard, weeping bitterly. Can you imagine the pain in Peter's heart knowing that he had just denied Jesus three times and now Jesus turned and looked Peter straight in the eye? We're not told exactly the distance. But the Bible says Jesus looked at him. No wonder in verse 62 It says, and Peter left the courtyard weeping bitterly. Wow. My friends, in tough situations, are you and I willing to boldly confess our faith and trust in Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord? when there are opportunities and situations, whether it's in your family, whether it's at work, whether it's at school, are you willing to confess, yes, I am a Christ follower. I belong to Jesus. He is my Savior. He's my Lord. He is the King of my life. He's the manager of my life. He is the CEO of my life. Yes, I am happy to tell you that I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. Amen? Make a decision to be a strong witness for Jesus. Let's do as the hymn writer wrote. Stand up, stand up for Jesus, ye soldiers of the cross. Lift high his royal banner, it must not suffer loss. From victory unto victory his army shall he lead till every foe is vanquished and Christ is Lord indeed. Amen? Amen and amen indeed. Praise God. Stand up for Jesus. Let me take you to a third important lesson, and it is this. Be careful not to become overconfident in yourself. This truth comes from the fact that Peter denied Jesus three times, as recorded in Luke 22, 56 to 60, where we just read And clearly, Peter showed overconfidence in himself when when he had earlier made all kinds of promises to Jesus. When he had said, Lord, I will never, I will never deny you. Lord, I I will die with you. That's, That's what I call being overconfident. Take heed, some have said, Take heed lest we fall. Right? Now, I'm trying to be careful with what I say here because as most of you know, I regularly try to build up, build up our confidence and we want to help our children and our youth to grow up with confidence, confidence in their faith in Christ, 
confidence in the abilities that the Lord has given them. At the same time, at the same time, we have to be careful not to overdo it. In the case of Peter, in the case of Peter, he knew that he loved Jesus. That was never in doubt. And he thought that all by himself he could face any situation that might arise. A few hours later, however, Peter de denied even knowing Jesus. He denied him three times. In the Life Application Study Bible, where the writer is commenting on, uh, actually on Matthew 26, verse 35, he says this, he says, all the disciples declared that they would die before denying Jesus. A few hours later, however, they all scattered. He says, talk is cheap. It is easy to say that we are devoted to Christ, but our claims are meaningful only when they are tested in the crucible of persecution. How strong is your faith, he says. Is it strong enough to stand up under intense trial? We're talking about being careful not to become overconfident. You know, sometimes, sometimes a good intentioned Christian might say, as Peter did, oh, Jesus, I will never, I will never let you down. Be careful. Sometimes a good intentioned parent, parent will say, well, my, my son or my daughter will never, will never get in trouble with the law. Be careful. Other times a careless and overconfident husband or wife might say, well, no matter, no matter what I do, my husband or my wife will never leave me. Be careful. Be careful. On occasion a person might say, no matter how much I sin, God will forgive me. And that's true. That's true. If we ask for forgiveness, he will forgive you. But sometimes, sometimes, dear one, sometimes it can be very hard for other people to forgive you. And sometimes it's the most difficult to forgive yourself. For example, Judas betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. Judas could not turn the clock back and he couldn't live with himself, so he committed suicide. Be careful not to become overconfident. Then there's a fourth truth that is so precious, and it is this. It is, it is beautiful the more and more that I think upon it, Read it from the big screen. Be encouraged knowing Jesus understands our pain. He understands our pain because Jesus was God come to earth in the flesh. And we read, we read about some of the pain that Jesus experienced. This, this doesn't tell us all the pain, but, but we discover some of the pain in, uh, in these verses. To begin with, for instance, our Lord understands our emotional pain. Verse 63 tells us the guards in charge of Jesus mocked him. It says they mocked him. 
They made fun of him. And verse 65 says, verse 65 says, and they hurled all sorts of terrible insults at him. At some stage in your life, perhaps you have been mocked, you've been insulted. Perhaps you have felt the emotional pain and, and some, of you, some of you are living with, with that emotional pain even today. You're grown up, but the pain is still there. My friends, the good news is Jesus understands and can help you. He can help you to get over that emotional pain for he went through a lot of it himself. He understands what it's all about. But I want to add as well that our Lord understands our physical pain. Our physical pain. Verse 63 says, the guards beat him. Look at verse 64. It says, they blindfolded him and said, prophesy to us who hit you that time? Who hit you that time? Some of you dear people are also living with physical pain. Not because, not because someone has physically uh, beat you, but some of you have pain, physical pain, because of arthritis, bad knees, a sports injury, a work accident, a car accident from some years ago. I had a major operation just over nine years ago, which was very painful physically. But the most, the most excruciating pain I have ever experienced was over 20 years ago. That was when I had kidney stones. And, and having those kidney stones was such an agonizing time, I would never wish that kind of pain on anyone. I was gonna say I wouldn't wish that kind of pain on my enemies, but I don't have any enemies that, that I know of. I hope I don't. I, I don't know of any enemies. You know, my only enemy, is, as far as I know, is the devil. Uh, but uh, the Lord understands our physical pain, and he can help you through it. Sometimes he helps us through, through that physical pain with his direct healing. Sometimes he helps us through some special operations, and several of you have gone through some of those very important operations in recent weeks, and, and this coming Wednesday, Deanna is going through a very important operation which is going to relieve a lot of her pain. But the good news is the Lord understands that he is able to help us, amen? And then I wanna add that our, our Lord also understands our pain when, when sometimes no matter what we say, some people, stick with me now, no matter what we say, some people will still find fault with us. Uh-huh. This truth came to my mind when I read verses 66 and following. Here it is. Here it is. At daybreak, all the elders of the people assembled, including the leading priests and the teachers of religious law, Jesus was led before this high council, and they said, tell us, are you the Messiah, 
But he replied, if I tell you, you won't believe me. And if I ask you a question, you won't answer. But from now on, the Son of Man will be seated in the place of power at God's right hand. They all shouted, so you are claiming to be the Son of God? And he replied, you say that I am. Verse 71, why do we need other witnesses, they said. We ourselves have heard him say it. They were saying, we've heard him speak blasphemy, basically. That's what they were saying. You know, have you noticed, have you noticed, Jesus experienced this right here. Have you noticed how sometimes when someone doesn't like you or is upset with you or has something against you, no matter what you say, they will find fault with you. You been there? Yeah. Jesus was there. <laughs> That's just what happened to Jesus right here. And Jesus understands because he has walked where you, where you are walking. Our Lord also understands your pain when people lie about you. That's point D for those of you taking notes. Our Lord understands your pain when people lie about you. Look at, look at Luke 23, verse, verse 1 and following. Then the entire council took Jesus to Pilate, the Roman governor. They began to state their case. This man has been leading our people astray by telling them not to pay their taxes to the Roman government and by claiming he is the Messiah, a king. So Pilate asked him, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus replied, you have said it. Verse four, Peter turned to the leading priests and to the crowd and said, I find nothing wrong with this man. Then they became insistent, but he is causing riots by his teaching wherever he goes all over Judea from Galilee to Jerusalem. <laughs> what, what, what's important about what we just read is Jesus did not tell Jesus did not tell people not to pay their taxes. He didn't tell them that. They're lying. And then verse 5, notice, but he is causing riots by his teaching wherever he goes. Jesus wasn't causing riots. He wasn't, he wasn't deliberately causing riots. And the bottom line, my friends, is this. Jesus understands your pain when people lie about you or tell half-truths. Sometimes half-truths can be worse than lies. Here is an encouraging word from Jesus recorded in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter five, verse 11. Why don't you read this verse with me in unison from the big screen. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Be happy about it. Be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven. Wow. So, beloved, here are four life lessons from Peter's denial and Jesus's trial. Number one, we need to ask ourselves, how closely am I following Jesus? Would you ask yourself that question as we sing this closing song, 
<clears throat> Would you ask yourself that question? How closely am I following Jesus? Am I really serious? Am I really serious about my relationship with the Lord? Am I really all out with Jesus? Or am I keeping my distance? And then secondly, in tough situations, are we willing to boldly confess our faith and trust? Are we willing to confess our faith and trust in Jesus Christ? Make a decision today to say, you know what? I'm not, I'm not gonna be a closet Christian. I'm not gonna hide. I'm not gonna hide my faith, whether it's at work, at school, wherever you are. I'm not, going to, I'm not going to do that anymore. Rather, in a loving way, in a sensitive way, I will speak up on behalf of my Savior and Lord, Jesus. Amen? And number three, be careful not to become overconfident. Grow in confidence, yes, but let us be wise in doing so. And fourth, be encouraged knowing Jesus understands your pain. And as we sing, maybe some of you have a desire to come and pray and say, Lord, Lord, I want to talk to you about this pain. It could be emotional pain, physical pain, some other kind of pain. You can pray, for he hears us. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for these tremendous lessons that we uncover from your Holy Bible. From Peter's denial and the first part of Jesus' trial. Lord, impact our hearts and our lives with these truths and help us to act and respond where we need to. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.